Welcome to the Forest Lakes District EFCA podcast. The FLD's focus is to connect, equip, and multiply churches in fulfillment of our vision to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches among all people. In today's podcast, we hear from Dr. Julio Valera from Rio Grande Bible College on reaching our growing Latino population with the gospel. This session was recorded at the FLD Spring Leaders Conference in 2022. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here to talk about uh, issues that uh, are concerning and also related to your kingdom. And thank you so much for these conferences and these worships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, um, let me ask you this. Uh, how, many, how many of you speak Spanish? Okay, okay. Poquito, okay, that's good. Well, this is going to be in English, so don't worry. And I'm Julio Varela. I'm from Mexico. This is my wife, Alma. And we are both from Mexico, but we came to the States in 2001. So uh, we came to study the Bible. So we came to a Bible Institute to learn. The plan was to go back to Mexico and past, being a pastor there, but you know how the Lord works. <laughs> and sometimes you don't even know his plans. So when we came here, I got my, my bachelor's. Uh, actually, it was a two-year diploma because I already got a, a college degree. I'm an engineer, too. And then uh, the Lord called me to teach at Rio Grande Bible College. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And we've been there for about 14 plus years. And I got, I got three master's degree and a doctoral degree because I wanted to teach, right? So, but uh, I wasn't expecting what the Lord was bringing to this school because now uh, we used to prepare people to go back to Latin America. But since 2001 to today, things are changing and we are looking at a lot of Hispanic people. And when I say Hispanic, uh, I'm, I don't mean just Mexicans. Um, yes, uh, we have a lot of Mexicans on this side, but uh, no Latinos are Mexicans, right? <laughs> and you have to understand that. Uh, when they say from Venezuela, Venezuela is not a, a state in Mexico, it's another country. <laughs> <laughs> and, and believe me, some people have, uh, where is Venezuela in Mexico? I said, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit south of Mexico, right? But let's, let's talk about our reaching, reaching our growing Latino population here. Um, I was amazed of knowing a lot of this stuff. I, I'm, I'm just going to give you some numbers just for you to understand what is happening. And somebody already said, actually, after the video they showed uh, there um, in the main, main session, I thought you would know a little bit more than what I did before. But I was looking at some information in, since 1970, the uh, United States became the main country of destination for international migrants. So this is not just Latino, it's in general, mm -hmm. right? So if you think about this, we are talking about how many years from since uh, 1970? 52. 51? 52. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 52, mm -hmm. 51. Yeah, um, let's say that uh, right now uh, we have a lot of people who were born in other countries 
And it went from 12 million in 1970 to 51 million. Mm -hmm. This is in 2019. Mm -hmm. So we are uh, in 2022. So that means the number is even bigger. Mm -hmm. But can you see uh, the percentage of people coming from other countries to uh, the United States? It's uh, more than four times what it was in 1970. So, and you look, uh, you look right there, there is a, 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 an address. You can go there and look at this uh, information there because it's really amazing to know that uh, uh, we are talking about people from many different countries, but probably the main country where people come from is Mexico for obvious reasons. And, uh, but I, I, I know that uh, not, all the, not all the people that come from Mexico are actually Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, it's people that come to Mexico because they wanna get here. So, but uh, they just see people coming from the border. Actually, we live on the border with Mexico. So we, we are seeing firsthand, you know, all these people coming into this country in different ways. So, and it is amazing how, how much money they spend just to get here. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it, it will, you know, I don't know, can you mention how how much do you think a person pays to get here to the state? I don't know. I've kind of heard maybe about five thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that per person. So, yeah, it's a big effort, right? And uh, we won't talk about the political issues or the wrong or, or rights of this. They just they just want to get here for any reason that you can imagine, but. Let's talk about this, and, and these are pictures that are showing the reality of uh, all the, the people coming to the States. By the end of 2021, more than 1.5 million people arrived at the border and crossed for the first time. And why is this important? Because this is just the people who crossed for the first time. We have people who are sent back to Mexico or to their countries and they come back. Mm -hmm. And they keep, keep coming back because many times, especially uh, during the past, I'm gonna mention a, a president, don't, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. it's not politi political stuff. During the Obama administration, we, I told you, we live on the border. We saw a lot, a lot of buses bringing back people to Mexico. But they, they stayed there for a couple of days and they, they came back. They just found the money to pay and came back. So, but just think about one point million people arriving to the States. And more than one million was deported. So, because you probably think, well, where, where is the, the Border Patrol? Aren't they doing their job or whatever? So, they, yeah, they are. But uh, these people, they, they want to come to the States. As I said, many of them have the reason. Some people who were already living here and, and they were deported, they want to come back because their families are here. See, so they, they have reasons to come. I'm not justifying anything, right? I'm, I'm just talking about reality. This is what is happening in the States. So just to be clear, right? And many ask for asylum. 
87,000 people came asking for asylum from Cuba, especially, and, and Mexico and, and Honduras and El Salvador for different reasons. But can you see that in Mexico, the number was bigger during this time. So many people that are coming here, they stayed in Mexico too. For, as I said, probably sometime for just a couple of years and then they try to come here. Mm -hmm. This is the final destination usually. But we also have a lot of people living in Mexico who belong to uh, El Salvador, Honduras, uh, Venezuela, because in, in, you won't believe this, but for them, Mexico, it's a better country, right? And, uh, but you have Mexicans coming here, so I don't know, it's probably worse in their countries. So especially, we went to El Salvador one time, and we went to the grocery store, and it was just a normal, you know, uh, right there on the corner, grocery store, and there was a guy with this big gun, like, I felt like I was in a movie trying to rob a bank, bank or something because when I got in, this guy was looking at me like, you know, and I was afraid of this. He was, you know, just guarding the store, but you, you don't feel secure around all these many guns. And so sometimes I try to understand why they, they are leaving their countries. Um, our reality is that since year 2000, you remember what happened in 2001, right? But since 2000 uh, is when 2.1 million migrants entered the country. So since there, the Hispanic population keeps growing. 2.1 million people. They came into the country, so they stayed here. So do you think we have a need to reach out to the Hispanic population? Mm -hmm. I remember when I went to Kansas City to study at, uh, at the Bible College there, I was getting my master's. And we when we went to Walmart, I was the only Hispanic there. So all the, the Anglos were looking at me, especially because my wife and I, you, they, we like to, to uh, you know, to talk to each other in Spanish. So we are used to, so even if we, we could try speaking in English all the time, when we get mad or happy or excited <laughs> or whatever, we start speaking in our native language. So when we, when you go to the store and you're a student and you are in, in a student budget, you you get kind of excited going to the store, right? <laughs> Don't buy that or that's too expensive or whatever. So we were speaking in Spanish and many people were looking at me like, where, where is this guy coming from? I was the only real, I, I said real Mexican in the school because there was one guy from San Antonio but he was born here so he was already a, an American so so and my wife she's kind of uh, white and blonde so. so I get away with because when we are crossing the, the checkpoint they, they look at her and they think she's an American she married a Mexican so, so anyway if we look at these numbers we can talk about need and opportunity. These people need to hear the gospel. And it was already said in the video, you remember, when we talk about Mexicans or Latin Americans, we need to talk about Catholics. You know, they, 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 they are Catholics. And some people I know here in the state, they, they believe that Catholics are Christians. 
Well, they, they belong to the Christian category because they believe in Christ, but they are not saved. They don't believe in Christ as a personal Savior. They don't even know about the gospel many times. Mm -hmm. Some of them know, but not all of them. And we see this opportunity. This, uh, this is a very unique opportunity. God is bringing the mission field to our, our backyard. So how many of you know, know some Latino? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Mexican, but can you raise your hand? And how many of you are willing to share the gospel with them? Can you raise your hand? Okay. Um, so we agree. We have this great opportunity right now. Hebrews 13.2 says this. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Right? For by uh, so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Uh, now, I, I'm going to be really careful here. But when you meet a person, you don't ask for their papers, right? Are you a resident? Are you an American? Are you... Or, or do you? I mean, we have some political concerns. We have some social, economic concerns. I understand that. But as believers, we know we belong to another kingdom. This is, this is probably our country. We live here. We enjoy living here. Um, but we need to put our eyes on our real citizenship, right? This is what is important. And now I know it's hard. Some people don't like talking about these issues. They don't like it. And they, they do believe we are trying to just to justify the illegal immigration of people. No, we are not trying to do that. We are trying to, to look at the opportunity we are having. And if you believe the Bible is talking about showing hospitality, what, what, how hospitality looks for you? Can you give me an example? Somebody? How do you show hospitality to strangers? Bring them to your home. Excuse me? Bring them to your home. You eat together. Yeah. What else? Going out to coffee. Yes. Great. Uh, yeah, many many people like coffee, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a, a little piece of bread. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think hospitality can even be going going to where they are. Yes. Playing soccer, like I, I play in a, a soccer pickup yeah, league. Yeah, now we are talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's many different um, ethnicities exactly. there. Yes. Making them feel welcome. Yes. Yes. I, I think helping people even just navigate a new community. Yes. Like, That's important. Like grocery store, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, we can talk about being friendly, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just be friendly. I mean, if you're not that friendly, that's fine. Like, we can try, right? We can try. We can always smile, right? We can show them uh, where the grocery store is. Uh, I was telling you, when, when we moved from Texas to Kansas City, uh, we got there very close to uh, uh, my, where, when my classes uh, will start. And there was this uh, American lady in the, the building where we were moving to. And uh, we got there. Nobody was there to tell us where to go. Or, so we were like looking around. Yeah, and, and, and this lady came and she said, oh, hi, my name is, and, and then she introduced herself. 
and she asked us, well, where are you going to be living at? And I said, well, apartment number 20. She took us to the apartment. She helped us bring in our boxes into the apartment. She, she asked us, do you have something to eat? And I said, well, we just moved, so we need to go to the grocery store. She brought some quesadillas. So I think she, she guess I was Mexican, and some salsa, and uh, you know, do you think we felt welcome? And then we knew about his past. She was, before being a, a Christian, she was a drug addict, and, and she, she had a very hard life, terrible. But she knew how to show hospitality. We were strangers. Uh, she didn't know us. Uh, she knew we were living in that building, and that was it. So we can show love, actually. Um, if you believe in the Bible, I think the Bible talks about showing love to one another, and not just among us believers. Uh, do you remember Jesus, Jesus when he was asked, what is the, the, the most important command uh, you know, commandment in the Bible. What was his answer? Love God and love your neighbor. So he didn't say, ask for the paper. If they, they are legally here, then you can love them, right? Is that right? Okay. Let's, let's keep going. So when you think about immigrants' needs, you think about probably food, right? What else? Tell me, what do you think when you think about th their needs? Yes. Uh, I think about employment, sometimes legal aid, mm -hmm. navigating a public school system. Mm -hmm. That's probably not the, yeah, in Spanish. Exactly. I have some ideas there, but give me more. Medical. Me? Medical needs. Medical needs. What else? Translation. Translation, yes. Uh, many times when you get to this country and English is not your first mm -hmm. language, mm -hmm. and you have issues. Right? Some of them. What else? Education. Education. Housing. Housing, yes. Transportation. Excuse me? Transportation. Transportation, yes. What else? Warm clothes for the winter. Exactly. <laughs> Especially you come to Wisconsin, right? We, we live in Texas, South Texas. So we are 116 degrees during the summer. So we, we came and we were 94 when we came and now it's 40 something here. <laughs> so I mean, I know it's not cold for you, right? You're wearing shorts and whatever, yeah, just showing up, okay. But when you come from a place where it's hot, you just get here, you cannot believe how cold it can be. I remember when we got to Kansas the first winter and it was the coldest place at that time, so that's why I'm mentioning this. So I went out, I saw the snow, it looked beautiful, right? All white, so you wanted to go outside and play, make angels and snow <laughs> angels and everything. When I opened the door and I felt the wind on my face, it was like, oh man, no, <laughs> just kill me. <laughs> my bones hurt, it was like, I couldn't believe it, like, is the wind going through my skin or what? So, well, I learned to wear something right there. So, yeah, food, clothes, money, housing, health insurance. Uh, it is good to think about all of this, right? And as a church, I think we can provide some help. We cannot probably cover everything, 
But let me tell you this. If you want to reach the Hispanic population, you have to be a place where they can find what they need, including this. We are not talking about social gospel. We are not talking about uh, you know, prosperity gospel. No. We are talking about showing love. Yes? But language. Uh, we had, in Kansas, we had a ESL program, mm -hmm. right? It helps. It doesn't guarantee that you will get the Hispanics to come to your church for worship, but it helps. But you know what? When, when I ask this, um, all of this can, they come to mind. But what about their spiritual needs? This is the main point right now. We are here because we want to talk about this. Yes, we care about them. And let me tell you this. When you show people that you care about them, then you can show them that God also cares about them. Before doing that, don't, I mean, they don't care if you can share the gospel or not. You need to show them God's love through you. Are you getting this? You need to show them God's love through you. And in, in 1 John and, 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 and James also says, if you see your brother in need, and you see that they need clothes to wear, food to eat, and you said, God bless you, brother. Very spiritually, right? Like, God bless you, brother. Is that it? You need to provide. So, the gospel. Do you think about the gospel? Do you think about their spiritual well-being? Now, let me talk about the gospel. And we are going to talk a little bit more about this. How do you, do, you, do you share the gospel with Hispanic people? Give me ideas. by the cross, but that like there's like grace is real and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. like, it seems like that's always been sort of like refreshing and like, whoa, really? There's forgiveness here. So, okay. I don't let's, know if that's the direction you're hoping for, but yeah, but let, let's let's make uh, a little a little exercise. Uh, do you speak yes. Spanish, bro? Uh, a little. I speak Portuguese. Okay. Can you can you come here? So, parla portugués. Okay. A little. Yeah, just enough to get in trouble. So, alguien que hable español de aquí, hermano, pásale. Okay. Let's see that you find him in the grocery store and you want to share the gospel with him. No, no, listen, habla en puro español. ¿Qué hablo más español? Solamente español. No, sí, poquito inglés. 
Um, yeah, so my Portuguese and my yeah, no, no, my, yeah, yeah, my Spanish gets mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I probably need a friend who helps me speak Spanish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speak. So okay. Julio! Hey, hey, how are you? Let me introduce you. I have a good friend, Freddy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I need to go and buy some meat, so you share the <laughs> I have one for you. So I will um, uh, uh, hablar poquito inglés. Poquito. Yo no puedo hablar español muy bien. También. Poquito inglés. Entonces, um, nosotros. Uh, Podemos estar amigos. Sí. Sí. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amigo, thank brother. You, thank, you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry to put you in this part, but I was just trying to shove something. I mean, he did his best. And at the end, they are friends. Is that good enough? I think so. For now. For now. But we need to find a way to get the gospel to these people. So I was just trying to trying to show that being friendly is good. It's the first step. And he said, can, can we be friends? And, and he said, yes. Usually, usually, I'm not saying all the time, but a Hispanic people is looking for friends. And he will be glad to find some Anglo friends, right? So just try to be friendly. Just try to be friends with them. And Think about how to share the, the gospel. Think about their final destination, and I'm not talking about the state. Hell, sadly, or God's presence. Would you love to find that person in heaven in the presence of God once you get there? That's a good question, right? Okay, let's, let's try doing this. Uh, can we, what can we do about their spiritual needs? So. I was trying to show something because uh, when we try to share the gospel, we will find some issues. We can share the gospel, we can provide a spiritual guidance, we can provide a place to worship, we can provide a Christian environment to grow spiritually. So how many of you of this you can do right now? Uh, can you do, um, can you share the gospel? Uh, can you provide a spiritual guidance? Can you provide a place to worship? This is easier, right? You don't have to speak Spanish to do that. Can you provide a Christian environment to grow spiritually? This is also easy. Because even if you don't speak Spanish, you can, you know, just ask these people to follow your example. Being friendly is one of them. Doing your best to communicate. We do love when people try to communicate with us. Using that little Spanish that you know. We love that. Yeah, you will, you know, gain our hearts if you try to do that. Yes? It might be the exercise, show uh, the exercise, um, show something that it's, I think it's, it's a reality that so many times when we don't, don't have the language, you know, when there's the, the language barrier, mm -hmm. we feel like we cannot go any further. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I think a smile, makes yes. a difference, um, as you were saying, just being friendly, right? Yeah. Because I think language is always a big barrier. Yes. Well, and I felt myself being like, oh, my job is to share the gospel. And then yeah. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but, but there are steps. 
Exactly. Like warmth and friendship that we can begin. Yes. So even if I can't communicate what I want to communicate, that's important. Yeah, and I'm sorry I put you in that. No, that's so great. It's really but good. it was just to show a point, uh, to prove a point, right? And and yes, I, as you said, I do agree with you. It's little steps, right? But how long is going to take you to share the gospel? You don't. You don't get help. Right? So, what do I need to share the gospel? You need to know Spanish. You need to know the culture, right? And, and by the way, I said, no, all Latinos are Mexicans, right? So, don't give salsa to all Latinos because some of them, they don't eat salsas, right? They don't know, they don't eat tortillas. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, you think tortillas, tacos, Latino, no. Not all the time. So, know the culture, be willing to invest time. Oh, man, be careful. When you ask a Latino, how are you doing? <laughs> he would talk to you. <laughs> she would talk to you. So, uh, And also, be willing to include them in your life and your congregation. Um, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit because uh, when we talk about planting churches, I... I want to encourage you to think about not having a Spanish-speaking church, but to have a multicultural church. You can have the same church. You can belong to the same church and probably have different services in Spanish, English, Chinese, German, whatever. I think that's a way to go. And, and somebody told me, I don't like that. Oh, I'm sorry, because heaven is going to be like that. <laughs> you will have people from every country, from every nation, speaking their own tongues. It's what the Bible says in Revelation, right? I do believe Revelation 7 is not talking about the church, but it's talking about the, the, the Christians who went through the tribulation and, and were saved during that time. And it says there that there were people from every nation, every tongue. How John knew that? Because they were speaking, they were worshiping in their own tongue. I do believe I'm going to look Mexican in heaven. And that's okay. Because I was born Mexican. I'm, I'm an American citizen right now. But as I said, I, was, I always look at this as an advantage. I can be Mexican, Mexican when I need to be Mexican. I can be a United States citizen when I need to. Because in some places you can, you know, get into the country being an, an American citizen. In other countries, they don't like Americans too much. So I'm Mexican in that case. <laughs> so it's very convenient. <laughs> so, but how long is it going to take you to know Spanish? Well, you, you already know. So. <laughs> no, but, yes. My Spanish friends make fun of me. Because oh, I am, well, no, in a good way. They tease me because okay. I speak such poor. I mean, I have very limited, but it has also opened the door for relationship. Exactly. You know, yes. me, me being um, willing to step out exactly. in my insecurity has kind of, there's been bonds. It creates a bond, yeah. yeah. Yes, and, and but it's going to take you a while. You want to learn, you wait until you're learning Spanish to share the gospel, or you wait until they learn English to share the gospel. So, so I'm, I'm to know the culture, right? This is important. 
Some people think that because they watch Coco, the movie, <laughs> they know the Mexican culture. Uh, no, it's not true. So, so that's why we need synergy. What is synergy? Do you know that word? It's a fancy word. Yeah. What is synergy? Is actually defined as the interaction of or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So basically, you can do it. I, I don't have doubt. You can try to learn Spanish. You can try to learn the culture. But it's going to take you probably one, two years, right? Actually, at Rio Grande, where uh, I'm working at, uh, we have a, a nine-month program to learn Spanish. And you can, actually. It's very intense, but you could. So if the Lord is calling you personally to invest your life, learn Spanish, because you want to serve about, uh, uh, among the Hispanic community, then you can probably do that. But if you don't have the time or you are you're called to do that, then we, you can try to partner with somebody else, right? And that's, uh, I'm here also to talk about this. Uh, Forest, uh, Forest Lake District. We have joined efforts with Send Network, the Minnesota Wisconsin Baptist Association, and Rio Grande, Seminario Biblico Rio Grande, or Rio Grande Bible College. We have an agreement, and we are trying to bring people who are already studying to become pastors, missionaries, Christian educators to come to this place to help you out to reach out the Hispanic population. This is one way to do it. It's not the only way. But I'm here to tell you, you saw, you have some barriers that you cannot probably break if you don't invest a lot of time and money. But what about if we bring you somebody who knows the language, who knows the culture, who knows how to interact with the history. He knows where to find it. He knows soccer, right? <laughs> well, you can try learning too, and it seems like you like soccer, right? So, so you can try. I, by the way, I'm Mexican, I don't play soccer. So. <laughs> but I know many Latinos like soccer, so. So this is what we are trying to do. We are trying to uh, bring uh, people, uh, students from our seminary or, or graduates who are women are being called by God to stay here in this country. By the way, um, we used to send our, all of our students or encourage all of our students to go back to their countries. But seeing the need here, and I can tell you, or actually I cannot tell you how many pastors from the states are calling us, hey, do you have a student who is willing to stay here in the state? We have a pretty big Hispanic population and we want to find somebody to help us reaching out. Many calls. Uh, I don't know how many, but I can tell you it's not just one or two, right? So you have, uh, I don't know, somebody, somebody you probably know, Jose Marco, he, he, he went to Rio Grande. He's right now helping here, reaching out the Hispanic population, and he called me once again because they tried to do this before, and now we are bringing some students we have, uh, we, and in our seminary, we have a language school, 
uh, or if you want to learn Spanish, Spanish as a second language. We have uh, pastoral studies. We have missions. We have Christian education uh, on bachelor's level, and we are moving also to the master's level. So we are preparing the future pastors for Latin America and the world. We have people in Asia. We have people in uh, the Muslim world because we look pretty alike too. So, and uh, so, but we know God is calling people to stay here. I mean, we, I never thought when I was working in Mexico as an engineer, some people were talking about coming to the states. I was fine there in Mexico. We were already married. I was an engineer, so I was build, uh, building software for big companies, so I was making money. So the American dream was in Mexico for me. When the Lord called me to prepare to be a pastor, and I came here, I never thought the Lord will ask me to stay here. So it happens, and the, and the Lord knows why. So we can I mean, we cannot tell our students, you have to go back to Latin America. We are teaching our students to pray and ask God for direction. And if God wants them to stay here, they, they should stay here. We also have one last um, ministry is, uh, I mean, one, one last program is women's ministry. So this is the unique opportunity I'm presenting to you right now. We can provide students and graduates to help reaching out the Hispanic community. You don't have to be alone. Um, I know you could probably learn some ways to reach out the Hispanic population, and that's fine. But it is going to take you longer. And many of them are coming every day, every day. So if you can provide the means for this to happen, then we can send students here. Um, we are doing everything legally. So the students, they, they have visas to be here. And if they come here to help you out, they will get the paperwork ready to be able to work here and even receive payment or a place to live. So we are talking about doing everything right before God's eyes because we know this ministry is important and we wanna do it right the first time, right? So again, we can provide the students, but you need to provide the means. Our students come from Latin America, right? Do you know how much Rio Grande charges for a class on a college level in our, in, in our institution? Um, how much is college? Um, who went to college here? Is college expensive? Yeah. How much do you, do you pay per year, more or less? Uh, now, for a state school here, 40000 a year. 40000 Would you love to pay just 4000 a year? Yeah. That's more or less what our, our students pay. Why? Because uh, everybody there, including me, I'm the vice president of education, and including the president, we live on missionary basis. We don't charge our students. So, and they can pay, they can come here to study because they don't pay a lot. And even those 4,000, many times, we have donors that give them the money. Because in some countries, Honduras, El Salvador, in Latin America, even $4,000 is a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? 
So that's why I'm, I'm telling you this. If you want a student, they don't have the money to come here, buy a house, stay for a year, trying to plan a church. You need to provide the means for, the, for them to be able to stay here. But they will give you what you don't have. Mm -hmm. Synergy. Right? And this is a unique agreement. This unique agreement will provide a mission field for your church and for our <coughs> students and graduates. The mission field is here. We used to send people to other countries. Now the countries are coming here. And as I said, it's not just the, the Latino population. We need to get ready to, to share the gospel to many other nations. In San Antonio, we have a lot of Muslim pe people coming to, to live to San Antonio, Texas. So our students are going there to, to share the gospel, to make friends, right? First step, make friends. And, and we can relate to their culture, right? So, this May, eight RGBC, Rio Grande Bible College students are coming to this area. They are gonna be helping six different churches. But we can send more students. But we need churches to be willing to accept this challenge, right? So, this is my question. What are you gonna, what are you going to do with this opportunity? Are you presenting the gospel to people that live so far away before and now are in desperate spiritual need? They are here now. They used to live many, many miles away from you, but they are here now. You can find them in the store. You can find them on the street. You can find them, uh, you know, mowing your own or doing something else. Are you willing to share the gospel? Do you have the tools to do it, or do you need help? Are you willing to enter this uh, synergy, this agreement, and provide the means for our students, for you, your church, to reach out the Latin American population, the Hispanic population? So, so this is what I had. I don't know if uh, they asked me to give you some time for questions, and I think we have like 12, 12 minutes. Do you have any questions? Yes. Hey, so when you talk about um, uh, being uh, churches who could receive students, mm -hmm. sort of accepting that challenge, well, practically, what, what, does that, what would that look like? Yes, uh, for example, let's say uh, you talk to your leaders and they are willing to get a student or two or three, I, I don't know how many, it depends on the, 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 your plans and the Hispanic population. You can talk to us. Actually, you can contact Yves Scott or um, Jose Marco. He works with you all. And, and they can actually talk to me or go there and look for students who are willing to come. They are going to get what we call or the government call an OPT. It's an optional practical training or a CPT. CPT is for summers, uh, practical summer. So that's the legal paper they are gonna get to be able to come here and work in church. They cannot work at McDonald's or even Chick-fil-A, even though it's a Christian institution. No, they, they need to work at the church because it's, it's practical training for them. So, and that's fine. I mean, we love that because we want them to get, get the experience. Uh, many of them are training to, uh, in different methods to share the gospel and to plant churches. So they are getting ready, right? 
So first step, you need to talk to your leaders. If you are convinced that you have enough Hispanics around or you are willing to invest time and money, you're reaching out the, the few Hispanics you, that, that you are seeing there, then you can contact us. Then we'll, we'll try to find a person that is, uh, is actually a good fit for your church. We don't, we don't say just anybody. Mm -hmm. if you tell us what you want to do, if you need somebody who's good at preaching or just uh, evangelism, or if the person needs to play an instrument, then uh, we, we have very talented people in our school. So just let us know what you need. And when, it, when those relationships work well, um, obviously the church provides employment. But are there other things practically we could do, like have churches help lined up housing, or yes. yeah. what are some of the things that we could Yeah, do? like uh, since many of them will be students still, so they will, they will come for a summer or they will come for a year. Uh, so if they come for a summer, they can stay just, just a summer here, so you will need to provide a place for them to stay, meals or whatever. You can even, you can do, you can give them the money or you can just invite them to a house or provide, have the fridge full of beans and tortillas, whatever. <laughs> so, and, and salsa, don't forget the salsa. So, and then uh, they will be happy helping you if, if at the end you wanna provide an offering or you wanna provide a salary since the beginning for them to cover for their expenses, that, that's fine. They don't need to have a full salary with benefits and everything. When they come for a summer, when they, they come for a year, that's another story. And usually because you already know you, you are looking for a pastor. So you have that year to, to see if the relationship works and then you can decide if you, you want that person as a pastor or that family because we, we have families too. So, um, so it, it depends on what do you want to do at the beginning. Like I, I was talking to a church and they said, I think we, we want a pastor, but not right now. So we, we want people to help us reaching out the community and let's see what happens. That's fine. In the meantime, you, you build a relationship with the student and with us. And we are behind you all the time. Uh, uh, Scott is behind you all the time. So we are working together. We are bringing this synergy to be able to give you what you need and you can give us some input and we can interact with the students. So you won't be alone, like, uh, what do I do here? So you have doubts, you have questions, you can ask us. You can ask uh, Jose, you can ask God. They, if they don't know, then you, you can ask us, especially when we are talking about uh, the legal issues, uh, visas, uh, permits, everything. We, uh, as I told you, we are doing everything legally. So we know what to do, and if we don't know, we can ask. So, and, and, and we are working in, in a little kind of a contract that you will sign because the student needs to have some, some learning experiences, right? But you can, you can also sign there and look and what you can expect from this student, from us, Rio Grande Bible College, and from uh, your uh, convention. So, any other question? Yes. It's not a question, but I, I want to share something. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I, I one of those students. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I came to Madison in 2010 for the summer 
very, very mean. So it, it, it can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Just, just one example. Yeah. So, and, and I can give you some names of uh, alumni that are already working here in, in Minnesota also. So, any other questions? Yes. Hi, Pastor Daniel. It's not a question, but to ask you the previous question. The student application, they send you from your brand is pretty good with very good information over there because we're going to be one of the churches receiving one mm -hmm. of the students was uh, Juan Gaitan. Juan Gaitan, and, okay. Yeah, from Nicaragua. And I mean, it's a huge blessing not only for uh, English speaking churches, but in my case, I speak Spanish and my wife too. We have a, a Spanish speaking church. But to have somebody with the training to help you is, is just a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. So we're. And what we did, we found three um, families are going to happen for a month, each one of them, uh -huh. and they're from the English uh, church. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be practicing English with them, and that's making like a, the bond even it's stronger yeah. between yeah. our English service and our Hispanic service, um, church, I'm sorry. So we're get, the bond is getting even stronger because they're going to have someone from the Hispanic community living with them for a while. And it's, I, I don't know, I feel like we're getting like Super close now mm. uh, by doing that. Even though we feel like we're close with our English um, church, but it's been amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's been mm. really, really good. Yeah, brother. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have two students, and we have two plans. We're gonna have one OPP, and the other one is for the summer. And because we don't have, we don't have that much money, and they say we need the insurance part. Mm. If they got for Rio Grande, they can keep the insurance from the Rio Grande. It's more cheap. For us to pay about, I don't want to be yeah. sure, to be not sure, but that way they help us to get the students here. And now then, they really committed to help us and they will. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be expensive, but we will love if you can take care, good care of our students. I mean, not like giving, you want to give them a car, that's fine. But you, you can give me one first, and then a Lamborghini is fine. So No, no. but I, what I meant is, uh, I mean, they are willing to serve. They are willing to come, and, and they are good, good students. They love the Lord. That's what is important, and they, they have a heart for reaching out the, the, the lost. So uh, just for you to know, yeah. Any other question? Yes, sir. How long is the, the process? To get a student? Yes, um, it depends. Like, for example, n right now you can start working for probably December or next summer. Okay. Because uh, we already closed uh, the, the, the program, let's say. This season, right? Yeah, this is for, for this season. But you can talk to Jose or Scott and tell, tell him, hey, I would love to know more about this. I would love to uh, get to know some students and see if they are a good fit. So you can have interaction through Zoom. And also, um, just uh, think about this. No, all of them speak a lot of English, but most of them can communicate so uh, very well. But you, we could have some students that they are 
for some reason they are trying to learn the language and they cannot communicate very well. So you want somebody who is actually bilingual, those are the ones who go first, let's say that way. So, but, but I mean, uh, like you, you wouldn't have any issues with somebody who just speaks Spanish, but you are trying to reach the Hispanic community. So as long as you can communicate, uh, then uh, I think a, any of our students will do a good job. But uh, yeah, you need to look up to the, all those details. Like we found this guy, Ben, here. He speaks Spanish. He's from Spain, but that's fine. I mean, it's <laughs> good enough. Uh, He's very good yeah, to exactly. So, I mean, he speaks Spanish from uh, Spain, but that's fine. So just think about your needs, and we can talk and try to find a good fit for you all. So something else? No? Are you hungry? I, I think it's time to eat some. <laughs> let, let us pray, and, and let me pray for you all. And thank you for coming. I, I didn't know if we would have any people here, so I'm happy to see you. And let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, Lord, and talk about these issues, heavenly issues, Lord, that uh, I'm pretty sure you, you, you prepared this time for us to know about these opportunities and also to show our love for uh, these people who are coming from different countries to, to America. And, and thank you, Lord, because... You are giving us the vision to, to reach out, to, to share the gospel, and to bring them to your kingdom, if that's your will. We thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Forest Lakes District EFCA podcast. Before you go, Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. By doing so, you're helping others to find and benefit from these resources. To hear more great content like this, please click subscribe. Finally, you can learn more about the FLE and the resources we have available for flourishing churches at our website, forestlakes-efca.org.